0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace to all on this second Sunday of Lent, the last Sunday of the season of winter, a beautiful day, and I think Irish people are excited about something today. I can't remember exactly what. No, happy St. Patrick's Day to all. I'm very proud we have such a beautiful window of the patron of Ireland here to edify us. And- Praise God for his saints. Always on the second Sunday of Lent, we hear the account of the Lord's transfiguration after he had set his face to accomplish his passion in Jerusalem. He goes up the mountain with Peter and John and James and reveals the truth of his face. His face changed in appearance. Now, we continue to cry out to God, Jesus, I seek your face, and to preach about the face of Christ, being mindful that in Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew word for face and the ancient Hebrew word for presence are very, very similar to one another. It's really a matter of pronunciation. The word face and the word presence are Are virtually identical and that makes a certain amount of logic when one meditates on it. Now when you recall the presence of someone not immediately in your midst or even when you recognize someone in your midst it's very likely that when you recall someone you recall their face, right? When a wife is away from her husband and she wants to sort of recall her husband's chances are good she does not recall the image of his left elbow probably, she calls this, when you show uh, someone a picture of your children, you tend, I think, to not show the picture of your, their right foot. You show a picture of their face, right? If, if a guy was at work and he had a photo of, you know, someone's pinky finger, and I said, what is that? Oh, that's my wife. We would say, I think we need to have a conversation about some things. And so there's a logic to it. To show the presence and to show the face. Now Christ, when he accomplishes his passion, says, I will be with you until the end of the ages and leaves his real presence in the Holy Eucharist. So in the Mass, when that host and chalice are held up, there is the presence of God. But he also leaves the icon of his face. Going back again, for those who have heard this series of sermons, you'll recognize the name Monopello, right? The Gospel of St. John, chapter 20. Peter and John go to the rock of the tomb. At the transfiguration, Peter and John go up the rock of the mountain and see the face. They then, after the crucifixion, go to down to the rock of the tomb and they find, John chapter 20, quote, the burial linens, and the napkin that covered his face, not with the linens, but folded up in a separate place. That is a fascinating detail, right? When Lazarus is resurrected, do they talk about where the burial cloths are? No. When Christ raises the son of the widow at Nain, do they say, here's where all the burial cloths are? No. When Christ is resurrected, he leaves these particular things, And they are mentioned in the Gospels because they are kept by all Christians. The linens that covered his body in the great cathedral of Turin. The napkin that veiled his face in the church of St. Michael in Montepello. And this is mentioned specifically because on that veil that covered his face, which anyone can go to the church of St. Michael in Montepello and see it with their own eyes, you can climb up the stairs and get about this far away from it, is left the image of the face of Jesus Christ. Now, this has been scrutinized by every form of modern science. The cloth which is woven is carbon dated to the first century. Dirt that was found on it and the nature of the weaving of the cloth was only done in first century Palestine, right? Israel. Anyways. It is made out of mussel silk. You may know or not that... Mussels produce a very, very, very fine silk that is incredibly durable, but very, very hard to use because, number one, they don't produce a lot of it, and number two, to turn it into cloth is very difficult. They say right now, today, there are exactly three people in the world who can weave muscle silk into cloth. So very durable, very precious. And in all of the ancient tradition of the Hebrew people, this is kept even today in many cultures, that when someone dies... The nearest family member, in the case of our Lord, who would have been Our Lady, Holy Mary, before they are wrapped and shrouded, lays a veil over their face. And so our Lord gives this icon of his own face at the glorious resurrection. It is not paint, that is validated. It is not dye, that is validated. The closest thing they can mimic it to is something akin to a photograph. And of course, there was not photography in first century Israel, first century anywhere for that matter, right? So this icon of the Lord, he leaves his face, and it becomes the model for all iconography of the images of Jesus Christ from that point. Now, the Renaissance completely screwed that up, but that's a whole different sermon entirely. It just completely messed it up. But traditional iconography kept the principles of that face. Now... The statue of Christ on the cross. When it came down to the new church, I did all the measurements of it. Now, that is made from a plaster cast. Not to make anyone from the Dells feel bad, but there is nothing particularly unique about that. In fact, there are seven churches in the state of Wisconsin that have that exact same body of of G. Ours is the best, we'll all admit that, but again, you can find it anywhere. But what is interesting about it is the face is made... Precisely to those traditional points of iconography. So if you do the proportions, right, from forehead to nose, right, from outside of one eye to the other, from outside of eyes down to the bottom of the mouth, the things that we use to traditionally capture faces, right? How do you recognize a lot of people's kids, right? Is it hair color height? No, if you look right here. Oh, yeah, that's, they're related to so-and-so. And that becomes the principles <laughs> for all iconography. Now again, was Jesus' hair exactly that length and was his beard styled exactly that? way? Well, of course, we can't possibly know that. But when you look at the face on the cross, are you looking at the face of Jesus? Yes. Now, people, this is not an art critique because there are many images of the face of Jesus and they might lift people up and edify them in any way and I have no critique of that. But there is a power given by Christ himself in the resurrection of the tomb, that face transfigured on the holy mountain, which was hope when the passion came, is left in that icon kept at Monopello and used throughout the tradition of the church, that all Christians who come and kneel before the presence, who communicate and consume with the Lord at the altar rail, may also be consoled with the image of a face, so that when you go to your homes, when you're in your place of work, perhaps, you can have that icon of the face. You can't have the, the blessed sacrament. You can have the icon of the face and know the presence and say, Master, it is good that we are here to see your presence and follow you in all the pathways of the earth.